welcome to the sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by the Reverend Douglas Cornelius. Welcome back. I invite you to take your seats. I always like, as a pastor, when you, when you have to, you know, wait a little while for people to stop greeting one another and the joy that's in the room. That's good. That's a good thing. Our scripture this morning is from the gospel according to John chapter 17, beginning with verse 14. Uh, what you need to know before we begin reading the passage is that this is a prayer of Jesus. So Jesus is praying to his heavenly Father. And we'll t- talk more about it uh, in, the, in the sermon, but here is, that, here is that prayer, part of that prayer. Hear the word of the Lord. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The other day, I was looking to get a box for my daughter, Annabelle, just a cubic or rectangular container that could hold some of her toys, her blankets, various items. Now, she doesn't have a lot of stuff, but it seems like her favorite activity is to take all the stuff that she does have and leave it all over our place. And we're trying to teach her when you're done with one thing, put, put that away and then move to the next thing. But, you know, she's three, and we're working on it, and it's a process. So I needed a storage bin to just help contain all of these items. And I found one that had a delightful little unicorn on it. I thought, this is perfect. But she said, I want one with a rainbow. I said, baby... I don't think they have any with rainbows, but this one has a unicorn on it. Look, it's, it's really cool. I, I just don't see any with rainbows. And she said, that's okay. You can just go on your phone and find one and order it for me. <laughs> I, I said, oh, I can, can I? She said, yeah, go on your phone and find it, and then, and then you put it in your cart. A three-year-old said this. You put it in your cart and buy it, and then they bring it to me in the mail. This child is three, 
and she has a better handle on online shopping than my parents. She said, that's what the mailman does. He brings me the gifts you buy me. And so I explained to her, actually, baby, the mailman does much more than that. He, he carries letters and cards and bills and advertisements and reminders, all kinds of things. He, he brings it to our house. And she thought for a moment and she said, no, I just want him to bring me gifts. Oh, to live in the world of a three-year-old where the mail carrier's sole purpose in this whole world is to bring you gifts, like some less magical Santa Claus that comes every day, not just once a year. Oh, to live in a world where the mail carrier didn't also bring the bills attached to the gifts that he's bringing. I like that world. Sign me up. Well, we all know in this digital age, the way we send things has changed quite a bit, hasn't it? Some of us still write letters or send cards, and it's a wonderful thing, but if we're honest, email does almost all of that work these days. Cell phones allow us to send texts or links or all manner of communication from anywhere, anytime. And if you want to send someone a gift, but if you want to send someone a gift, even if you order it online, you still do have to rely on a delivery service to get it where you want it to go. In most cases, in most cases, someone still has to take the gift and deliver it to someone's home or office or what have you. And even my three-year-old gets this. Well, we are in our final week of our Getting to Know the New Guy series. That's me, the new guy, the new pastor. And, and you've hopefully received not only some insights into what drives and inspires me as a pastor, but have also received some food for thought on what it means to be the church and what we might think about as a congregation. Food for thought through concepts like finding our identity in our Heavenly Father, rooting ourselves in Scripture, and hearing a call that we can't help but follow. But if I asked for a list of questions for the new guy, this one would probably surely be on it. Pastor, what is the church anyway? Who do you think we are? I mean, it seems like a pretty important question for a pastor, right? What is the church to me? I mean, are we a family? Yes, indeed. And that's not just because of the way we take care of one another, the way we lift one another up and we're involved in each other's life, the important experiences we share. It's actually biblical. And we touched on that in week one of this series when we spoke about the blood and the name and the inheritance that we all share together as adopted children of God. Are we a worshiping community? Absolutely we are. Did you just hear that praise team? Look around. Yes, we are a worshiping community. Are we a group of like-minded folks who share fellowship, fun, service, love? Absolutely. But while I affirm all of these 
definitions, all of these identities for the church, they are not the core or the heart of what I consider a church to be, of what I consider a Christian to be. In John 17, well, before I get to that, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll give away the end. The heart of it, at least for this pastor, the Christian, the church, we are ones who are sent. We are people who are sent. In John 17, we have Jesus in prayer. Our verses this morning are found in the midst of a long, extended prayer by Jesus. And this prayer is mostly for his disciples, his followers, and the church that they would one day birth. Jesus is praying for his church, which means in this passage of John, Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is praying for you. And when saying this prayer, we also have to keep in mind where Jesus is in his life. He is headed straight for the cross. The very next story after this prayer is his betrayal by Judas and his arrest. So after this long, extended time in prayer, we race through the stories of betrayal, arrest, trial, crucifixion, and eventually his resurrection. This is a calm before the storm where Jesus is spiritually preparing himself for what he is about to do. And to spiritually prepare himself, he prays for us. He prays for what he is about to do, and he prays for the ones who are about to witness what he is about to do. And in the midst of this earnest prayer, Jesus pleading with the Father to guard and protect his disciples, his followers, in the midst of this deep, aching, heartfelt prayer, he gives the church its mission. Did you catch it? It's right there in verse 18. As you have sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. As you've sent me. So I send them. To be a follower of Jesus is to be sent by him into the world. And this isn't the only text like this. We'll have one, another one read out loud in our next service as we do a baptism. Go, therefore, into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. This text from Matthew 28 is called the Great Commission, and it begins, Go, therefore. The church is made up of people who are told to go. The church is made up of people who are sent, every one of us is someone who is sent. Now, just in case you're not with me yet, let's go deeper. In the Greek, the word Jesus uses in this verse to talk about sending is apostelos. The word is rooted in a verb, apostello, which means to send. And this verb, in the noun form, 
is a word we all know, apostolos. If that word sounds familiar, it's because it's the Greek word that gets translated apostle. And we all know the word apostle. All of this is to say apostle literally means one who is sent. Apostle means sent one. So out of all the words that Paul and the other disciples of Jesus could use to describe themselves when they're starting the early church, the disciple Paul, the elder Paul, the deacon Paul, Paul the follower, Paul the Christian, servant Paul, all the words that he could have chosen, the other disciples could have chosen when trying to find a name, a label, an identity to describe a follower of Jesus, the word they chose was apostle. The word they chose was one who is sent. It's as if they were saying, if you want to be part of our crew, you want to faithfully follow this Jesus guy, the thing you have to know, the idea that you have to get on board with, the way that you will have to be fundamentally transformed by this Lord is that you will understand yourself as someone who has been sent into the world. And you know this already. Did you know that? You know this Greek stuff already. It's right there in these words, tucked away at the heart of apostello, apostolos, apostle, it's right there. Post. Post. We have a post office. And it's where we go to send things. We have postal workers, and they carry the messages and the gifts that have been sent. And we have postage, which is the price that you have to pay the cost of sending something. And there's always postage to be paid, right? Oh, I know we buy from an online store and it advertises free shipping, but we're not buying it. We know all that means is that they built in the shipping cost to the price that they're asking you to pay. Or it's just worked into the annual Amazon Prime membership or whatever rewards club you're part of. It's built into the profit margin. So they say, you get free shipping if you spend X amount of dollars. Oh, there's always a cost to send something. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just that God the Father sent Jesus to us to redeem us, to rescue the world, to forgive sins, to teach us how to love, to usher in the kingdom of God, to give us new life and new hope and new birth. The good news is also that the postage was paid. The cost that it took to accomplish that redemption, the cost that it took to send the Son to us, it was postage paid and It's not free grace. Don't kid yourself. I mean, it's freely received for us. But it was not free to send. Nothing ever is. But that cost was borne by the sender and his son. It was postage paid. 
So the good news is never just that we are redeemed, but that Jesus paid that cost. The Father sent the Son. Postage paid. And now the Son sends us. We are sent into the world by our Lord right here in John 17. We are the apostolic church. Did you notice that? Did you, did you know that? It's the, it's the one thing that all the branches of Christianity can agree on. We all call ourselves the apostolic church. And when we say that, we don't just mean that we have our beginnings in those first apostles. It means that the identity that defined them, that claimed them, it now claims us too. We are an apostolic church, a church made up of apostles, a church made up of ones who are sent, sent with a message that a hurting world needs to hear, sent with a message that that is peace, a peace so strong that if we could just let it, it would end wars and cease oppressions, even the oldest ones we know in this world. Sent with a faith rooted in deep, meaningful worship. Sent with teachings that raise up our children right, but still instruct the oldest generations of us. Sent with a light that shines in the darkness so strong that the darkness cannot overcome it. Sent with a mission to serve the least of these and to see Jesus Christ in them. Sent with a mission to work for justice and fairness and to end hatred in our society and world sent with the waters of baptism and the bread of life and the cup of salvation and sent above all with a gift, a gift of the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ to reconcile the world to to himself and the hope that it provides all of creation, that death itself is not the end, but simply a turning of a page and a new chapter, that the final word is God's, and that final word is light and life and shalom and joy. And we, we, the church, are the postal carriers with the most important gift such an important gift. And Jesus sent us. So if you want to know how the new guy sees the church, I guess it's probably easiest to put it this way. I don't see a church so much as a post office. Will you carry this message? Will you deliver this gift with your words, your actions, your kindness, your joy? Will we be apostles, ones who are sent, the church of Jesus Christ, the church that he prayed for? Will we? Together, I think we will, with God's help. Amen.